And so I made some changes and they have been scary. And so the power and how power is vulnerability and it is truly asking for what we want, truly honoring our deepest desires and living them fully and freely to follow the path of desire, to then become and feel fulfilled and hence be a mental health revolutionary, be a therapist that is truly living. As Brene Brown would say, in the arena, what happened was I needed to have an uncomfortable conversation. Welcome to Therapist Expanded, where we start a mental health revolution by living our dreams fully and freely beyond industry conditioning and taking every client with us we'll only take them as far as we've gone. So join me, your host, Aaron Gibb, and my trailblazing guests and be revolutionary by expanding your mind and your life to your freest and fullest potential. Hello, revolutionaries. Welcome or welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm doing a solo episode It's a little bit of a continuation of the last one, although it is a completely different topic. I'll explain what I mean. Um, If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for being here. If you're a repeat listener, of course, nothing but gratitude. I got some great feedback about last week's episode, and so I'm glad to hear that. It isn't always easy to hear about how much power we really have. And so that's the topic today is power. So what I want to say about this is you've all heard my intro. You would have just heard the music. It just ended. It really talks about mental health revolution. I start this with Hey Revolutionaries. For me, the blueprint for your fulfillment is built in. For all of us to just being a human and then when i think about what is mental health revolution the thing that really downloaded for me is that this blueprint for fulfillment is built in for all of us and what mental health revolution is it's not about overthrowing governments and insurance companies although i could be real with you if uh, i was honest i've had that fantasy <laughs> Working in the system has been uh, difficult at different times. Really, that's an understatement. But it's not about that. It's about mental health revolution to me is really about us living that internal blueprint of our fulfillment fully and freely as therapists because that changes everything. We then start living completely differently. That models something out into the field for our colleagues. It models something for our clients. When I started up leveling in that way, what I saw in my client work was incredible. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's my mission, but also because I see responsibility that we talked about last week and power that I'm talking about this week here and on social media and my email list as two sides of a coin. That coin is about fulfillment. If, if I could look at that coin, it would be the fulfillment coin. Two sides of it. One is responsibility and the other is power. And it's the place in my mind we can both start to actualize 
this fulfillment blueprint, start to actually get below conditioning to discover that the key is actually following our deepest desires fully and freely. The path is our desires. And I mean, in a way, that's a no-brainer because how do we become fulfilled? We follow what we really want to do. That's oversimplifying, though, because that power responsibility coin, if we take full responsibility for ourselves and only ourselves, that helps us discover what is our blueprint, what are our deepest desires below conditioning, they're not always easy to find, and then live them, which can be the even more challenging part, is even after we discover them, oftentimes there's a lot of challenges to live them out. I think we're all on that journey. The other side of the coin is power. If we misuse power, then we that's the thing. We can't really walk that path either. And I'll explain in this podcast, what do I mean about that? And if we stand in our power, then it is much easier to discover that blueprint, walk that path. And it it's not a perfect linear system where you just you know, flip the coin and you're doing the power thing and you never waffle and you never shift back into these deeply codependent patterns of our culture. It doesn't work like that. But the coin for me helps me see what side am, what's going on right now in me. Is this about responsibility or power? Is it both? And am I holding my full self-responsibility, my full power? Or is there somewhere here I'm giving it away? Or utilizing it inappropriately and power can be done, can be misused. So I just wanted to start there because to me that's a model that helps me track and I hope it's helpful for you. But it will also have a, help us have a shared kind of vocabulary here. When I think about this, I see how power and force are often confused. Uh, when I've used the word power with people, sometimes I can see them visibly recoil. There's like this actual kind of hiding in the body and collapsing that happens at the idea of holding power. I think what's happening there is a few things that I'm going to lay out here. Part of it is I don't think we want to hold force. We felt what force feels like and force and power get confused in our culture. Um, power is not force. For me, I grew up in a home and in a in a community, so like my grandparents' house, my my parents' house, where I saw women had what I thought was a lot of power as a child. What I realized was there was something about force that was going on. Big, big personalities kind of bulldozing with with this force. I get it. I understand what they were doing and why I've unpacked that. And I understand why I then adopted that. I even look at other members of my family who looked really disempowered. And actually, they were using force, but in a way that was more manipulative and controlling through kind of a meekness. This can be hard to hear as well. I've seen that in myself. And Force can look like power over, can look like dominance, and it has this certain feeling to it. And manipulation, control, meekness, 
passivity. They also are force, just utilized differently. I get why any of us would do this. It's a way to try to get our needs met. But they're different than power. So to illustrate this, last night I was laying in bed. And I was thinking about a conversation that I'm going to be having tonight, this later this evening, with relatives of my daughter. And they're not my relatives. Sounds a bit weird, but they're my daughter's relatives. So as I was thinking about the situation, I was getting so pissed. I, I was feeling so angry about something that's happened. And I am going to be setting boundaries tonight. And I could feel in myself as my mind went through, what do I want to do? What do I want to say? I could feel when it wanted to come from force. There was this energy about it. It was this like, I'm going to get my way. It's this power over kind of feeling inside. And then I could feel times where part of me wanted to hide. Where it was like, well, maybe I'll just, I don't know, maybe I'll turn to my husband, see what he wants to do. It was like, even that was force because I was then manipulating the situation potentially in a different way. I could feel that energy as well. And it was forceful. Then I could feel when it was like the sun would come from behind the clouds and I could feel what it was like to feel into my power. My power felt and feels kind of clean and clear. Doesn't mean it isn't scary. Doesn't mean it doesn't feel vulnerable. But it feels like this just truth. That here are the things I need to say. They may not be what people want to hear. They just are what is true for me. What I need. What my ask is. And what was coming from force was like I wanted to judge I wanted to say what had been done to my daughter was so wrong. And from power, it's much more about here is what I'm asking for going forward. Here is how I will protect her to the best of my ability. Here is my ask. It isn't about judging anyone. It isn't about criticism. It isn't about all the names that like the forceful me would like to say. It's it's not about that. And even sometimes, like this is an extreme example. Force can be much more subdued. It isn't doesn't have to be about name calling, but it's this push. It's this kind of egoic, I'm going to get what I want. And we all know models of force out there that are very obvious to see, right? Today, I chose even a particular outfit. Obviously, in this podcast, you cannot see it. Um, social media, I'm going to do a live today. So if you're interested and you want to see what I'm calling my power shoulders, please check it out. It'll be, it'll be on, on this date on my Facebook and Instagram. My power shoulders, they're a shirt that I'm wearing. It has special shoulders. And I looked at them and I thought these could be interpreted forcefully. Because they kind of have almost a military look to them, which is pretty readily associated with force. But they, to me, feel like I sit up straighter. And when we think about power poses, even, you know, there's a whole thing about power poses, people taking power poses. I found out not that long ago that if you assume some of those poses for two minutes, you release a lot more testosterone. And if you ever try it, 
I highly recommend it because it, you feel this shift in your body. And it seems testosterone is related to power. It doesn't have to be related to force, though. So if you find that that could be a tip, if you're feeling like you want to collapse or perhaps use force in one way or another, uh, I highly recommend those power poses. You can look them up. And to do them for about two minutes and breathe into them, try to be present, and you may feel a complete shift. Another way to look at power is that power is truly vulnerable. Being in our power, standing in our power, is vulnerable. I actually looked for a quote by Brene Brown before doing this podcast as part of my preparation. But Brene Brown, yeah, I really thought Brene Brown is going to have like a great quote on power and vulnerability. And what I found was she actually wrote a book that many of you may know. I'm a little late to the party. She wrote the book, The Power of Vulnerability. And I thought, yep, I bet you that's completely packed with what I'm talking about when I talk about power. I did end up finding a quote, though, and it's by my coach, Juliet Trinka. And she says, So asking for what you want starts to look like a really powerful tool to create the life you would love. It's also super vulnerable. Most of us still carry the residue of trauma around the wrongness of asking. And as I read that, I started thinking about that two-sided coin. Whether we're talking about holding over-responsibility or we're talking about not stepping into our power, that residue of trauma around the wrongness of asking really stood out to me. And so I'm going to share some more personal information here that feels important and feels like me doing this in this moment. Last May, I had Therapist Expanded really come into my consciousness. I was in a coaching container. It hadn't even been available to me before that. I hadn't tapped into that part of my blueprint, my deepest desires. And once it came in, I realized, I mean, this is this is what I deeply desire to bring into the world. I had lots of shoulds, lots of reasons, lots of things, and yet I knew I needed to follow it. Fast forward to now, and I'm gearing up to really launch. And uh, for any of you who've been in a launch, it it requires some things. It doesn't have to be done from stress. I'm very aware that that's where it could be created from. But as I looked at the reality, I realized I had not honored what I said last week, which was not taking responsibility. I had a hard time letting go of what didn't need to be on my plate. And I'm realizing as I'm unfolding each week, doing what I'm doing here with Therapist Expanded, anything in me that isn't aligning, 
at this point, with what I'm saying, what I know to be deeply true, it's like a painful exorcism. I used the words, it's like living in a house of mirrors. I cannot help but see anywhere that I'm not, for example, stepping into full self-responsibility and letting go of responsibility for what isn't mine, where I'm not acting responsibly and instead I'm taking responsibility. So last week that became very painfully apparent, unexpectedly so. I wouldn't have seen some of that. And so I made some changes and they have been scary. And so the power and how power is vulnerability and it is truly asking for what we want, truly honoring our deepest desires and living them fully and freely to follow the path of desire, to then become and feel fulfilled and hence be a mental health revolutionary, be a therapist that is truly living, as Brene Brown would say, in the arena. What happened was I needed to have an uncomfortable conversation. I chose to have with my team and I sat in a place of really feeling vulnerable. And yet what I realized is that it's been an incredibly powerful step. It did not feel comfortable to share with my team. It didn't feel comfortable to really say, I am choosing not to be here in these certain ways to honor what feels like the deepest desire in me. But I'm seeing how, although it feels vulnerable, it is powerful. And the place that it was terrifying is, as Juliet said, the place that I carry the residue of trauma around the wrongness of asking. And I would say around the wrongness of speaking truly who I am and what I need. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope that the the feeling of force and the feeling of power is something that you are either clear on what that is, what is the difference, as well as if you're not, that you start to bring awareness to that. Looking at your communications, looking at what you want to say and what you don't say and what you're going to say, that's a great place to see it because this speaking you know, being heard, being seen, advocating for ourselves. It's a place we can absolutely feel this coin of responsibility and power. And what feels comfortable in the moment is not easeful in the long term. There's one other example that is therapist-specific that I feel like therapists may resonate with and be something that you can hold tangibly And it's the teaching of assertiveness. Many of us have focused on this. Just like many of us have codependence sort of laid in into the work we do. That idea of codependence, what is codependence? I talked about this last time, especially about us living in a deeply codependent culture. And all of us are enculturated in that. Therapist and beyond as a human. And so assertiveness, that's something we teach clients. 
right? One way or another. And passivity and aggression or passive aggression are the things that we often use, I would say, because of what Juliet said, this residue of trauma around the wrongness of asking, around being seen, being heard, all the rejection, the abandonment, the punishment that we've experienced. And then the ways we self-harm now unconsciously around that pattern. So assertiveness. When we talk about that with clients or even face it in ourselves, it can be misidentified as aggression. Uh, I can't even tell you how many clients I've done this with over my career, talking about how even when they understand it intellectually, the I statements, the need statements, um, that they can't control the other person, but making it about themselves is really all we can do. Still, in the practice of it, this has been where I've seen it, is in then we role play. And it's like this conditioning comes up around, oh, it feels so aggressive. I just want to be passive. That feels safer. It reminds me of power how power can be misidentified as aggression, as force. And so we do the workaround. And I'm highly recommending that you just reflect on this in yourself because you were born to hold your power. It doesn't belong to anyone else. And you were born with your own unique blueprint of your deepest desires. They're they're yours. You up-level the entire world by living them. And you are infinitely powerful. So I hope this has been helpful. You can join my Monday Mind Ups list if you want to be the first every week to get this kind of theme dropped into your inbox. Start this conversation that way for you. There's more questions I ask there about self-reflection. Also, on social media, that's where you can also follow this topic. Whatever you choose to do, so grateful that you're listening. And I'll talk to you again. Thanks for listening to Therapist Expanded. Please subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast to help more of our colleagues join the revolution.